Hello, and welcome to Signify Lighting Talks. This is our third episode in our podcast series, and today we will talk about motorsport night racing on street circuits. Today's speaker, Roberto Grilli, is DZ Engineering's General Manager, with over 15 years of experience in the motorsports and lighting industry. He is responsible for both commercial and project management in integrated solutions for racetrack circuits, sports venues, museums and architectural lighting at places of worship. The role of sports venues is evolving. They are now much more than just a building where sports is played. They are entertainment hubs and the match day experience is more important than ever. What's more, sports facilities are increasingly being adapted to host other kinds of events, such as concerts. Stringent broadcasting standards mean venues need to keep up, not only to provide a memorable experience, but also retain value. On top of this, there is an increased focus on safety and sustainability, resulting in a range of challenges that venues need to face. Lately, street circuits are becoming important venues in the motorsport industry. A night race will sensitively increase the appeal for spectators and opportunities for promoters. So, with no further ado, here's Roberto Grilli. Good afternoon to everyone, good morning to everyone. And thank you very much to Signify Lighting Academy for the today's opportunity. I'm Roberto Grilli, General Manager of Design uh, Engineering, a company specialized in lighting and uh, telecommunication and with uh, a good background in what is the motorsport industry for the circuit, especially for lighting and for uh, the um, race electronics. Real estate company, Agriculture, a company that is producing all in wine, and of course us, Design Engineering. We have our HQ in, uh, in Italy. We have a company, uh, in, uh, a private limited company in Singapore, and we recently opened also a, a branch in uh, Saudi for uh, a recent uh, work that we delivered there for the lighting of the first E-Prix in the history of Formula E during night. So... Let's enter more into the details about uh, us. So we are a company specialized in lighting, telecommunication and audiovisual solution. And from the combination of those three, actually has been, uh, uh, cr we created the motorsport uh, lighting department. Um, that is not only lighting, is also related to telecommunication. And we realized integrated system for permanent and temporary race circuit. So, um, we actually uh, started the operation in uh, Singapore after the acquisition of the Dinosauri Group, of a company that was already working in the territory of Singapore, uh, for the racetrack lighting and race communication system for the Formula One Marina Bay Street Circuit. We actually integrate in the same infrastructure not only the lighting, but also the CCTV, the public address and RACSCOM system, which is the race electronics packages. For a company like ours, which is, uh, um, of course, working into the motorsport industry, we need to absolutely invest in R&D. The research and development is very important. Uh, you can consider that we have three main areas of business in the motorsport, which is one, the lighting. The other one is the race uh, electronics 
and the other one is safety with, for example, the electronic flags. But we are the only one company in the market able to supply all the entire package of, uh, for, for our clients. And this is, of course, a value added from our company to um, promoters or uh, authorities that they want to, of course, uh, carry on with a street circuit night race. Our portfolio, sports light portfolio, we have already seen uh, Singapore uh, for the night race of uh, Marina Bay street circuit for Formula One. The circuit in Diria uh, for the E-Prix that has been recently um, delivered end of February for the first E-Prix night race. I have to say that has been a very challenging project, not only because it's quite a, a huge uh, installation, but also because it has been delivered during this pandemic time. Uh, I have to really say that they did a very good job and it might, it, it should, I think it's the, the biggest uh, motorsport event uh, with such kind of um, involvement of many parties, including a night uh, uh, installation uh, during the pandemic time for a temporary installation. So, uh, we were very proud to be part of it and to be the company that delivered it because uh, we delivered the first Formula One night race and now this year, finally in 2021, the first E-Prix night race. And the other good part of it, uh, the great part of it, was um, it has been the first uh, night race fully HD temporary installation uh, that really was um, something unique because Formula E is always very careful about environment, about being green, and the carbon footprint of uh, such event has been for sure uh, less compared to less compared to any other event before, thanks to LED system and thanks to the biodiesel that has been used in all the generators. Let's now dive into the today's topic. Uh, before to start, um, it's important to understand and define all the parameters and uh, the boundaries. So, first of all, um, guidelines. The guidelines for street circuit. Let's say that the first and all, um, until a few months back, actually, you can download from the FIA website uh, the Motor Racing Circuit Fluid Life for Competition Vehicles Without Headlights Guideline which is quite uh, interesting to, to see because if we check at that time, there were already two circuits that has been lighted up for a Formula One event. That was in 2008, of course, the Singapore Grand Prix at Marina Bay Street Circuit, and the other one was the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix Yas Marina Circuit. In 2010, they actually played a kind of uh, reverse engineering to uh, create the guideline according to what has been was already delivered uh, two years back and one and the year before. So the guideline actually is related to um, the design approval and verification of lighting system to meet the criteria and delivery a quality of illumination of motor racing circuits necessary for drivers official and high quality television broadcast. Well, I'm not here today to enter into the details step by step talking about the guidelines, 
but I would wish to share with you what is not written in the guideline. First of all, is not uh, anyway a regulation, is only a guideline. So they, they give you some information, but not very detailed. For example, the minimum safety distance between concrete barriers and lighting infrastructure. There are some indications, but is not very uh, detailed. So what we faced in 2008, when we, when what we faced in 2008, when we worked uh, together at that time with Charlie Whiting, that was a clerk of the coast, uh, sadly passed away a few years back. Uh, it was, okay, we might need some room between the concrete barrier and the lighting infrastructure, just to be sure that if a car will crash, the barrier is not gonna hit the lighting pylon. So after some calculation, we come out with uh, 60 centimeter space room that is supposedly to be good enough for such kind of situations. And then another point, safety in case of any impact to lighting infrastructure. Well, we have seen that uh, it's supposed to be everything fine, but uh, because the concrete barrier is not gonna move more than 60 centimeter, but actually there are even some other places where the infrastructure may be hit from the track, I mean, from the track, it means from Davis fence that something will flip over from the Davis fence, which is very difficult, but not impossible. But the debris is not going to affect the lighting infrastructure and lighting pylon itself. The other point is the martial zone. From the martial zone, actually, even some vehicles are going through during the event. And uh, it was important to design the entire system to design the entire system very robust and flood light should not be over the track so for any debris or anything that might happen the race is not going to be affected anyway we have seen that the guideline was the guideline was quite uh, uh, let's say old 2010 and in 2019, we started talking with FIA, explaining that there were uh, many other tracks around the world, especially in Southeast Asia, that might want to have a night race or at least club night racing to expand their business. And so we started talking with uh, FIA and uh, explaining that we might be time to check the guideline, the existing guideline to, uh, to upgrade it and made it to include even other situations. Uh, in fact, after that, in 2020, they came out with a new edition. So the main differences between, uh, between the two guidelines are mainly two, uh, sorry, mainly four. First of all, safety. Um, in the previous guideline, you can read that the main point, the main target was the TV broadcasting. That has to be uh, good. Of course, perfect because it was for the media, it was for uh, the body of uh, merchandising that was in Europe at that time. Uh, and it, that was the first priority. Right now in the new guideline, the first priority is safety. Safety for everyone drivers, marshals, public, media, to everyone, for everyone. Second point, quality of materials. They include also uh, some uh, 
information about the quality of materials that has to be, of course, a top level. Third point, lighting specification value. It decreased. Uh, someone will say, might think, how is it possible? Well, 10 years back to have a HD TV broadcasting uh, um, production, you really need a lot of light. Uh, today, with the new technology of camera, you might have uh, a slightly uh, lower levels, but of course they increase the quality of the light. And when I'm talking about quality, I'm talking about the color render index, of course. And the fourth point was the Appendix B uh, that recommend the contractor requirement and performance verification. There were no indication about how to check if the lighting system was in line with the design. And so they, some tools has been introduced just to make it sure that everyone are on the same page and the design was exactly what has been realized. But as I said before, for a company like ours, it's very important to be um, to, to invest in R&D. And we realized that uh, when we were, I mean, in the last 10 years, not many street circuit night races, only the Singapore one. Because first of all, the impact is huge in terms of logistics, but also in terms of cost. So we started to question ourselves, how was it possible? How is it possible to create a better value uh, to our clients? And so the, the result and the, the idea was just uh, under our, our eyes. I mean, there are some infrastructure like the concrete barriers and the Bedebius fence that you cannot run away from there. So we started thinking and uh, studying a solution to integrate the lighting system into the concrete barrier. Uh, in such a way, uh, it was possible to, um, to create uh, something which has a very good value for, uh, for our clients. Together with our partner, Geobrook, uh, that are producing concrete barriers and fans, we did some tests to check the impact in some area that are not directly on the racing line. We can integrate that two system, these two solutions, only where the racing line is out of uh, the impact point uh, and where you don't have public behind. Actually, there are quite a lot of areas that can be integrated in such a way, creating an additional value for, to our client. Finally, let's enter into the analysis. So first of all, it's important to understand the circuit layout. Uh, until a few years back, uh, the track designer were not taking care about the lighting because there were not many uh, circuit with lighting. But right now, luckily, they started to consider that as well. But it might happen, for example, that there are some circuit that they didn't have lighting and they want to have lighting right now. So uh, it's important to take uh, in consideration the width of the track because uh, you can see there the picture uh, the, that is the Anderson Bridge in Singapore. It's very narrow. You cannot touch it because it's heritage. So it's important to understand how to, um, of course, uh, create the lighting, the right lighting system on that portion of the track. The dimension of the runoff areas, some can be huge. Uh, the lighting system has to be, uh, I mean, 
has to be designed to have uh, the good amount of light uh, to create no um, differences between the racing and the runoff. I mean, the, the driver has to realize that he's still on his own track and he's not in a runoff. So it's important to take in evaluation the dimension of the runoff. And third, third point, the distance between barriers and lighting infrastructure. We have seen that 60 centimeter is enough, but there, there are few meters actually from the concrete barrier to the infrastructure, the lighting infrastructure, and it might create shadow on the track that can create discomfort to the driver. So other point to take in consideration. Space requirements, of course, for a night race, uh, it's important to consider that you have, will have lighting support and infrastructure, uh, power generator areas. It's very uh, difficult that the city will be able to deliver the entire power grid for the lighting system. So most probably generator will have to be used. It can be with biofuel, it can be with aqua fuel generators, but of course uh, it has to be considered. And third point, electrical distribution. DB boxes, electrical cables, and whatever. And then, um, last but not least, the city restriction. Um, we have to customize the, infra the lighting infrastructure in some cases, or uh, existing infrastructure like uh, um, bridges. We can go down, yes, true, but at the same time, the lighting will be affected. Or the tree plantation, green areas, well, there is important to be sometimes even quite creative. Anyway, um, let's, let's go into the, uh, the design stage. So we have uh, our input data, we have our FIA, FIA guidelines, we have our circle layout and the morphology of the track, which is the, the space requirement and city restriction. So finally, we can go to our racetrack lighting design. But before to do that, there are some other considerations for city circuits. First of all, is a temporary installation. Uh, it's important to find, uh, logistically speaking, areas where to uh, storage the equipment during the installation and store the equipment immediately after, after the dismantling. Since it is a straight circuit, everything has to be dismantled immediately after the race. Then, point number two, time constriction. For sure, you, it's impossible to work all day around because there are, for example, peak of traffic that you might not be able to work. It's, it's important to consider it during the schedule, during uh, um, the, the, the time construction uh, schedule of, of the lighting system. Point number three, authorities and stakeholders. Well, uh, I think that is one of the most important points uh, is really important to create a very good relationship with the government, with the authorities, with the promoters. And I usually say, I like to consider ourselves, our company, myself, a partner compared to a, um, a contractor, because it's, it's important even for them to understand that we are there and we are there to solve the issue together when there will be issue, because there will be issue. So point number four, coordination with other events. Actually, uh, we, um, we know that in a, street, in a street circuit inside of a downtown, you might have, uh, for example, marathon. You might have uh, 
uh, fails, you might have other events. And so it's important to understand it, how to, to, to carry on uh, together the, um, the activities of the city. Point number five, exposure of equipment in public areas. Well, it will take months to install such kind of uh, infrastructure for the lighting. And so you might have cables, you might have uh, DB boxes that uh, mainly that they might be stolen or you can get damages or whatever. Of course, it will depend where you are based and where the, the, the city event will be. But uh, it's another good point to uh, take in consideration during the design. Finally, we are to our design. So flood-like selection, of course, uh, all our system that we have seen it here, it has been delivered with uh, Signify. We are working with them since very long, since uh, uh, the first Formula One event in, uh, in Singapore and uh, the, even the latest design for uh, DRIA has been, uh, has been done with LED um, system of uh, Signify came out with a lighting calculation then. Lighting calculation that has to be taken in consideration according with the guidelines. Uh, the illumination level, as, as we, say, we, have seen, uh, we have said it before. And of course, the lighting distribution that are another very important point. Lighting distribution is maybe more important than the, la the lighting level. And the trick, the, the last one, which is the trickiest one, the glare. Everyone has to be happy. Uh, racing, race drivers has to be happy. Uh, Marshall does not need to be to get uh, uh, to, to have glare. Um, media, same, and public. And in a straight circuit with so many different situations, well, it's, it's the most critical part of it. Infrastructure evaluation, okay that I think is still one of the smartest uh, thing for a straight circuit uh, lighting. Because actually we are installing, and at the end we will see the quantity, all the cables on top of uh, uh, the truss system. So you will not have anything on the pedestrian way, uh, creating hazard to pedestrian and creating mess to the city. But before to reach there, we actually went through different tests. One test was done in 2007 in that Paul Ricard, a Paul Ricard where we installed poles and every pole has a floodlight. Well, uh, it works, of course, but uh, the FOM TV broadcasting told us, look, on TV will look like a lighting, I mean, a, a steel cage. And uh, if you have a grandstand behind it, of course the grandstand view will be affected. And this is the reason why we came out with a trust solution in Singapore in September 2008, where the poles are, uh, the, the distance between the poles are much, much bigger compared to the installation of um, one pole for every light. And also the distribution of the light can be very even, creating a perfect uniformity on the track. So, electrical distribution, another good part uh, to take in consideration. Well, it is even mentioned in the guidelines that something has to be done for a backup plan in case of uh, uh, failure or whatever. Well, failure for such kind of event is not an option, as we always say, but uh, it can happen that, for example, uh, let's say one uh, light uh, won't work for any reason, for electrical reason or whatever. 
well, in such kind of configuration with a truss system, with a floodlight, every, uh, I mean, very well and uh, even distributed, you will not realize it. No one will realize it. But even if, uh, for example, one DV box won't work, half of the lights in that particular stretch that might be 16, 20 meters, uh, won't work only, uh, will work only one light and the other one no. And I can assure you that uh, you will not uh, feel it, or at least uh, the race and in terms of safety can be carried on. Uh, the TV broadcaster won't realize it as well. Uh, I mean, it, it's, it's such a small stretch. And of course, during the time you will be able to, um, to fix the issue. Last but not least, what happens if one generator won't work? Well, uh, we usually uh, get two generators in parallel. So it's, I, I always say that it's what makes me sleep well the night before the race. Because even one won't work, the other one is able to take the full load and carry on with the race. And of course, after that, we are able to come out with a cost estimation that can change deeply according with the morphology and to the, to the circuit as well. Uh, we are right now the case study of Marina Bay. Just to give you an idea of the equipment that uh, has been installed every year, this month or every year, uh, here, as I, as, we, as I told you at the beginning, I said at the beginning, uh, it's not only lighting, but also telecommunications, it's listed everything. But it's interesting, the, the, the number for cables and fiber optics more than 280 kilometers of, of electrical cables and fiber optic. So it means that the entire city, if it's not installed on the top, it might be really affected by uh, equipment on the pavement, equipment on the footpath. All right, so we are reaching already our conclusions about uh, straight circuits, about night racing, about uh, motorsport industry in general. So, first point. Lately, straight circuits are becoming important venues in the motorsport industry. Uh, okay, why? The reason why, one overall, uh, let's take in consideration Formula E. Formula E, uh, has the kind of format that has to be uh, has to run in a downtown in city. First of all, there is no uh, any uh, old-fashioned uh, motorsport fan that will go in a classical motorsport venue to see an event where the cars are not making noise. But it's not the fault of Formula E; it's the beauty of Formula E. Actually, it's what Formula E wants to come out with: electric cars. And electric cars are not for uh, uh, people that are old-fashioned passionate for uh, Formula One or uh, motorsport, uh, for the new generation. In fact, the, even the tickets to go in the end of Formula E is very cheap because they, are, want, they want to try the younger generation. And they're not even talking uh, of millennials, most probably. I'm talking about the Z generation, the people that will buy a car in five, ten years' time. And they... City, uh, I mean, the, the electric cars will be uh, will be actually electric cars will be used mainly on 
uh, on the cities, not on the countryside. And that's the reason why they really want to stay inside to a city, uh, city track. That's for sure. And of course, the sponsors are there because they want to sell car in future. But I mean, Formula E was not the first coming out with the city circuit because before that, okay, Monte Carlo is there since ever. And then Singapore that became the new heritage and uh, Baku recently, quite recently for Formula One, it's the street circuit. And uh, Vietnam, Hanoi Grand Prix, that's supposed to happen last year and we were involved as well for race electronics, didn't happen because of the pandemic and other situations, but it was a street circuit. And this year, actually, Formula One is going, is leading to Jeddah and it will be a street circuit and it will be a night race again. So... Why night racing? Well, the night race um, actually uh, will increase the appeal for spectator and revenue generator opportunity for promoters. Because actually, uh, if you can consider that uh, a passion, the, the, the old passion fund uh, that we were talking about, um, it's uh, it's. Is going, is taking his car and is driving for 1.5 hours to uh, a motorsport venue. Uh, he has to enjoy the show for sure. He has to drive back after one hour and a half, maybe, uh, in the traffic jam. And it's only for him. He will not bring the family. A straight circuit will allow you to bring your family inside to the circuit park because the they can open the gates at uh, two in the afternoon. Uh, they will give you entertainment, food and beverage for the entire family. So after that, you can enjoy the race. And at the end of the race with the same ticket, you can uh, even uh, attend concert with big names uh, uh, with the same ticket. So that is what Singapore was doing. And I think they did it well in the past. They are still doing it and they will do, do it in future and it's really, really a great format for everyone. Last point. Lighting solution not limited to circuit but should include peripheral infrastructure for a better experience at impact. As I said, it's not only for uh, the passion people that they want to catch the race. It's also for the entire family, for the TV broadcasting, for the people at home. And this is the reason why uh, after the first few years, even in Singapore, we proposed and uh, actually we worked very closely with the government for enhance the, some uh, uh, iconic building or some building related to the track, like uh, the like here the pit building or here giant inflatable Singapore flag during the Formula One Singapore Grand Prix in 2014 for the TV broadcasting that was fantastic and amazing or enhancing some iconic building for the landscape of Singapore Grand Prix, like the conservatories of uh, Garden by the Bay, or the National Gallery, or also, again, the Esplanade Theatre in Singapore. But as I said before, um, the promoters, the events are always hungry of uh, new things. And that's the reason why we play with lights in uh, the rear during the Formula E Grand Prix. It was the first time that uh, with the racetrack lighting, we played to create, uh, uh, the, um, to create an effect. So 
Uh, I might say that uh, with lights, the only limitation that we have is our imagination. Thank you very much for your time. The Signify Lighting Academy has a vast video library of great lectures from the world of lighting like this one. You can sign up for free, view them all and find out about upcoming lectures at our website. Signify Lighting Talks is a podcast series of lectures from the greatest thinkers and speakers from the world of lighting and is edited by the Signify Lighting Academy. On behalf of Signify, we wish you a brighter life in a better world.